into the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything. It's slow. It's methodical. Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 8, titled Episode 2.6, Successor.p12. P12? P12? I don't know what that file is. I, I went over them all. It's some sort of encryption thing. Right, right. I just don't know if it's a GIF, GIF sort of thing for me. Mm. They call it P12? Ah, or P12. Yeah. Uh, if it's a Star Wars droid, they'd call it P12. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of this episode? Uh, I actually thought it was great. Uh, I think it's, I, I posted on the forum that it was the first episode this season that I think I kind of wholly loved. I don't know. The first, the first, huh. the first mega okay. episode is pretty good too. Uh-huh. But like, and that's not saying I don't have any reservations because I do have some reservations. Uh, some of them are just, you know, maybe nitpicky, but some I think are kind of structural issues with the season. But I... I, I really liked it. I thought that there was genuine tension and genuine stakes and people, you know, and given the situations they were in, it was interesting to see what they did with the choices they had before them. Uh, I actually liked the fact that we got away from uh, Elliot and the constant questioning of, is this real? Is this not real? Right. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I mostly agree. I was surprised halfway through when I realized Hey, Elliot hasn't been in this at all, and I'm kind of riveted. Uh, yeah, I, I, I that was, wouldn't have happened last season. Definitely not. Uh, it's it's cool because I I do like these other characters. Yep, and they built up Trenton, Mobley, and Darlene into characters that you actually kind of give a shit about. Yeah, and it they carried off this this whole episode by themselves. So I and, and even Cisco, like Cisco is becoming someone that I at least find interesting to watch. Interesting to die. You think he's dead? I kind of think he's dead. Okay. <laughs> well, we can talk about that at the end. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked it. There are some notable exceptions in this this episode. Things that I absolutely hate. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you guys see... can predict probably which parts I, I'm those curious are. to see which ones are the ones you hate, which ones. Does um, it involve the untimely return of a certain executioner, madam? Uh no, it doesn't. Okay. I, I think that was okay. It does involve her though. All right. In well, then in I'm I'm super curious. Then okay, we should get right to it. Yeah, let's get into the recap. We uh start off with flashback to when Mobley and Trenton met. Mobley, Mobley, Mobley. I'm saying Mobley. I'm sticking no, with it. It's your Martinez. Uh, I swear they call him Mobley. No. Several Darlene times this call episode, him they called him DJ Mobley. 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 Mm. Mobley. Yeah, well, what does Dom know? <laughs> Dom doesn't know anything. Uh, so Trenton gets access to Mobley's phone, and then Darlene shows up. Uh, they were both there to meet Elliot, but Darlene says he couldn't make it, and instead reads him a statement from Elliot about, you know, typical like, corrupt, powerful individuals running the world. This is actually crib from the, the season one, episode one. Was it? Uh, okay. Yeah, voiceovers that he did. Ah, nice. Which I thought was a nice... Actually, I thought that this was a, a weirdly nostalgic episode. Like, we're starting it off at Ron's Coffee. Not the same Ron's Coffee. Mm-hmm. They made sure to to say that this isn't the uh, child porn nexus because the Wi-Fi is noticeably shittier right. than the one where they're slinging kitty porn. Uh-huh. Um, but I thought it was great. I, I liked how they showed that Mobley was taken like completely easily socially engineered by... You know, this attractive nerdy girl that he decided to hit on. Was 
was he the social engineering guy? I don't think so. On the team, it seems like who he was? was this. He was the guy who's most responsible, other than Mister Robot, for the script. I mean, I've Dar. I've seen Darlene do social engineering hacks. I've seen right. Elliot. I I feel like those are the two that brought the thunder on that that side of the this the scale. Yeah, but like when they're in the the van outside of of Steel Mountain mm. and they're like giving Elliot directions. I felt like he was the guy kind of looking everything up and telling him how to proceed. Okay. It, it just it's ironic that the, right. the what I view as a social engineering portion of this team would get social engineered. Yeah. Well, I mean here. also he's uh you know, he's an awkward uh nerdy dude. It's true. Yeah. And they kind of are should tend to be shameless uh with a little bit of attention from the opposite sex. Don't know if you've noticed. Yeah, sure. Uh, so there's an One ARG. Of the big problems with our people. <laughs> there's a an ARG Easter egg thing in this scene. Oh yeah. I like every time anybody sees a URL or an IP address, oh, yeah. they go to it. That this hack site is actually functional. Right. Well, it it's kind of functional. It's it's a fake benchmarking site. It doesn't actually right. do much of anything. You can actually log into the site that Trenton was using though, where it sh- where, where oh, it right. dumps you to uh, root at Mobley. Uh-huh. Or mobbly, if you will. Terminal. I don't know what you could like. I I tried a couple of commands. It didn't seem like there was anything there. There, and I I, I looked this morning on Reddit to see if anyone had blown that wide open. Didn't seem. It just like seems it. like I mean, there's been in a an... directory. There's a list of restaurants and reviews hmm. that that he keeps. So yeah. he, must, he must be a foodie, sure connoisseur. I mean, you know, I I he, he looks like a a little chubby. He. he all right, I, I can feel him on that. It's a joke about him wanting the pizza. Sure, I, I don't know if he wants the pizza later on to disguise himself as the pizza man, or I think the if he actually just wants is to he's eat. He's got a stress eat. Like I'm under a lot of stress. Right. This yeah. is my drug of choice. Like I, I get all that. <laughs> I get all that. Uh, uh, they but, are they are um, really lining the pockets of GoDaddy slash Doster though. I mean, they're just registering oh, yeah. sites left, right, and center. Eight ninety nine a week. Yeah, <laughs> it's just <laughs> propping them up. Uh, yeah, but if if you go to that site and you take the numbers that don't change on that page, if you load it multiple times, mm. there are some numbers on that cha- page that don't change. And if you take those numbers and you convert them from octal uh, to hex to, you know, the standard, the standard Mr. Robot yeah, Mr. Thing, Robot Shuffle, sure. Uh, it takes you to a GitHub repository, which has the Stage Fright exploit, which is what Trenton used to, to hack Mobley's, Mobley's phone. Yeah, Stage Right was big. It was one of the really ma- major Android uh, uh, vulnerabilities right. back in 2014, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention to it. I don't. I remember it. I was still, I still had a day job because I, I was. It was discussed a lot uh, uh-huh. in, in, within the office. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's apparently an exploit that involves like MMS video messaging mm-hmm. and the way that it processes that you can gain access to their phone. Right. Uh, but I thought that was kind of neat. Then we go back to a scene we've been, Oh, uh, before, before you move yeah. on, um, something else someone noticed and I don't know that it has any meaning at all, but seeing as this is Mr. Robot, why not? Uh, during the Mr. Robot's credit sequence, when it goes over Ron's coffee and it shows happy Thanksgiving, which kind of gives us a clue about when all this is taking place. Um, which I guess would be about s- seven, eight months before the current day. That because it's July fourth. It's July fourth. Right. This so the hack happened five nine. Right. So it's right. been a couple months. Right. Um. So uh, there's USA Network presents mm-hmm. at the bottom. The K. All the letters in USA Network are drop shadowed, except for the K. 
And, so, oh, and someone noticed okay. that because it was over a light background. You can actually kind of tell. But people mm-hmm. went back and looked. And every single episode, the K is not shadow boxed. Or drop shadowed, rather. Oh, right. Now, okay. someone said that that's probably not a production mistake because, you know, as you well know, if you're in Photoshop or Illustrator or After Effects, you would have to literally right. select that letter and remove the drop shadowing if you did a drop shadowing on all of the... Depending on how your layers are set up, sure. Yeah. So I wonder... I wonder what that might possibly mean, or is that like some really deep clue to something? I, hmm, I have zero guesses. On I don't. That. I don't. But like, it's it's interesting, and I it's, so. it's it's verifiable. <laughs> right. So I decided right. I'd mention it. Why not? Okay. So we go back to the scene that we've seen the beginning of, where they find out that that something big is happening the next day. It turns out that it's an FBI conference call. Mm-hmm. Um. They they found out about it because of the the femtocell stuff, and and we're getting a little bit of of disassociative timeline here, right? right? Like clearly, this meeting happened after they planted the femtocell, which I think we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Susan Jacobs stuff where she's killed in this episode, but previous episode she missed that meeting. So is that is that telling us that all of this happens between... Oh, I, you know, I never even thought about that, but that makes sense. I think they're playing a little bit with the timeline. Huh. It, so, I bet it's like, like that happened literally at the same time that this is happening right now. Because if they right. emailed her and like, hey, are you coming? They'd gotten the vacation message, which would let them know definitively one way or another. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't suspect that they'd overlaid the timeline like this. Unless she just missed that meeting, but... It could be that she's just distracted Maybe. or there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, it's it's hard to jump to conclusions, but it's it seems like, yeah, there's definitely something there. Yeah. Uh, so they join up on this, this call, and then they create an F-Society tape revealing that the FBI is spying on 3 million people under Operation Berenstain. Uh, the FBI call also mentioned 16 people under surveillance, one of them dead, and Mobley starts to worry that they're also under surveillance. Finally, at the end of this scene, Susan Jacobs just strolls in the front door, walks up the steps. <sighs> Whoops. So we've established that it's been roughly two months mm-hmm. since they took over her house. Yes. And we talked last week. It started to be conspicuous. Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I, the one problem I have with this episode, this is this episode's original fucking sin is it strikes me as implausible that these people... Like, I, I've even been sloppy before with the bullet casing, with the fingerprint on the femtocell, maybe. Uh-huh. Definitely there's something we'll talk about with a dropped videotape here. But to stay in the same spot, ground zero of this hack, for two months, and then... In a they, dangerous spot, They too. try to hang a lampshade on it by saying, oh, we should have paid attention to the GPS. Right. No, you should have just fucked off to some other location. Sure. Like, and keep moving. There's, So they do give a little bit of justification for why Darlene is here. She is kind of secretly hoping that Susan Jacobs will come back and she'll get to confront her. Is that a conscious thought or is that a retrospective right. making good? Because I very much thought that that's like, oh, everybody else is bummed, but I'm super glad you're here. Like, I don't think that was your plan. That's your justification after the fact. Sure. I could see that. Um but then again, maybe like if she's secret. But I don't think Mobley is secretly hoping that gets no. he gets caught. I don't think Trenton no. feels that way, right? And none of them are calling it out as completely stupid, right? Uh, that, and that's like I, you know, I don't know where this is a. I, I just don't know what to say about that because it, it 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 strikes me as implausible that they would do that without keeping tabs on her whatsoever. And the fact that, like we said, 
how long do you stay away from your very expensive house where you probably pay an arm and a leg for a service? Uh-huh. Uh, how long do you stay away because your automation went haywire? Two fucking months, apparently. Apparently, yeah. And eventually I mean, you, you get she, fed up and come back. She's got that nice place in Greenwich. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why Like, I don't have a second home to go to. But I just feel like no one I know about rich people and lawyers and whatnot that... Uh, you know, hell hath no fury. Like one that's out of their house for two months because of some bullshit IT right. nerd shit. My second house doesn't have a pool, not an indoor one anyway. I can't use this shit. Like I developed the event coordination software for the Indianapolis Bar Association. Uh-huh. Lawyers are the least put up with any kind of IT bullshit in the world, man. Huh. Like I, I and I've also worked at the other worst doctors. Oh, I wrote yeah. some medical software. Like none of them, none of them give a shit about any. So, like, I, I don't know. That was a problem for me. Okay. Uh, I I don't necessarily have a huge problem with that. I, I, I think at the very least they should, I mean, in five seconds here, I could set up a GPS alert that will send me a notification if I get within a certain range of my house. Sure. Why the fuck didn't they set that up for her? Look, she's outside the front door. Oh, I got a text message. Right. It says, here comes... Susan Jacobs. Again, if you make the decision to just right. use if her you make house dumb as your fortress of solitude for two months, then yes. Then take some are... precautions. My God. And, and the, these aren't just regular people. These are uh, world-class hackers. Right. So I think that, yeah, this was all kind of all bunk, man. Um, but where they go from it here I thought was super interesting. Um uh-huh. So one of the big theories I thought was interesting is that they keep on saying there's 17 under surveillance, one's deceased. Mm-hmm. That makes Mobley go off on the Romero, know, thing, Romero yeah. angle. A lot of people said, "Well, why? That's an assumption he made. It could they could be talking about Gideon because we know he was under, he was sure. being questioned, he and was. he's now the FBI is definitely." involved in the Romero thing, but do you think that maybe this is Mobley being paranoid? Because he also got picked up at the I, end of the episode, but they had nothing on him. Yeah, I don't know, because, I mean, Dom specifically mentions Romero in this right. episode. It's right. not like they don't know that one of his friends is dead. Sure. Do they know of any connection between Romero? I mean... Like, They've got to. They had a special team in there investigating his computers, although their team sucks. Well, that wasn't an FBI team. That was just New York. Right, but Dom was on the scene. She knew about the investigation. Like, she knows but that she's in Romero's the... involved in some Yeah, shit. but whether... I, I mean, I think it's more likely that Mobley's correct, but it would okay. be an interesting possibility, and with Gideon's death and the fact that he was under FBI investigation, that gives another wiggle room that maybe they'll do something interesting with that. The fact that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're shitting their pants and running around like their heads on fire when the FBI is really not as clued into them because think about all the other people they might be looking at the, all the dark army folks that we don't even know about right like 16 people that's a hell of a lot more than just F society so uh-huh. I mean even if you throw on all the bull castrators that's uh-huh. still not 16 people <laughs> I, I just thought it was interesting that maybe, uh, maybe this is a mistaken identity thing and mm-hmm. Mobley has just enough information to freak the fuck out about yeah could be the other really interesting thing in this scene is the tape that Darlene records here, because she, for some reason, just pulls off her mask like on so, camera. For on fuck's camera, sake. Uh, so right, they're they're using this old VHS recorder, right? Right, this like broadcast camera or something, uh, and which I think is 
fairly smart. That mm-hmm. thing's not going to get hacked. Yeah. It doesn't have any outside connections. And, and people are posting on Reddit. I don't know the truth of this, but it makes sense. I know there's something similar in the printers where, like, if you print a document, there is some kind of mm-hmm. you know, watermark. If you, if you, if you yeah. examine it under a microscope or in a certain lighting, it gives you information about the serial number, and they can track that shit down. Yeah. That's how, like, they ca- they caught serial killer, or there's, like, some terrorists have been busted because of that. I've mm-hmm. heard that you can that like the essentially the digital noise with a um, the, the the light sensing diode that you that's the main sensor for an electronic camera mm-hmm. um, that though the noise pattern is essentially a fingerprint they're unique to every single one and mm-hmm. that if you get you have to have the original device because it's not like there's any big repository right. same with fingerprints you have to have the original you have to have access to someone's phone or camera but if you do you can conclusively prove that a picture was taken or a video is shot Mm-hmm. Obviously, with analog stuff, you can't do that. So, right. I think it is like it's a stylistic thing because you know, Darlene, this whole starter with the VHS tape, certainly, yeah, uh, and the mask. I think that's cool, but also there's some practical reasons why you do that. Uh-huh. Now, you just forget all opsec when the fucking thing has a fart or a burp and just rip your mask off on camera. Sure, why not? Right, and then you take that tape, you set it on a table, and you let it drop to the ground underneath the curtain where you yeah, probably aren't going to find it sure. if you forget about yeah. it. Like this is coming back. Oh yeah. In a big way, just like this bullet casing did. And that's the thing, like, I, on the one hand, that's stupid, but on the other hand, like, it wasn't like the first couple seasons of Breaking Bad, you're like, oh, I can't believe Walt and Jesse are making these obvious criminal mistakes. These people aren't criminals, they're hackers. Right. And even when they do their full site wipe down, they leave fucking bullet shells, casings. Uh-huh. Um, when they, do, I'm sure when they do the full wipe down of this place, they're not going to get every single fingerprint and hair follicle and dead skin cell, or whatever else. Right. I just feel like they're not good at crime, and that's part of the story. This yeah. isn't plot holes or them being stupid. It's just people that are not criminals trying. They're smart, mm-hmm. but 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 this they're just not as good at covering all the tracks that need to be covered. Oh yeah, I, I mean. I don't really have a problem with it. We still haven't gotten to the part that I have major problems with. I'm so, getting curiouser and curiouser because, honestly, we're, we're starting to tick off the things I thought might set you off. Okay. All right. There are so, a couple more. All right. Uh, let's go to the next scene because we might start ticking those boxes here. Okay. Angela's at a karaoke bar. She runs into Steve, who's a friend of her dad's. He starts giving her some shit about working at Evil Corp. Uh, she returns it by calling him a failure of a 60-year-old shit cleaner. <laughs> I, I I could not even watch this scene a second time. I so viscerally hate Angela at this point. Really? I think Angela is one of the most dis- disgusting characters I've seen on TV. Hmm. Why? Be- because she she claims to be doing all of this, or... Or the show, I guess, is claiming that she's doing all of this for some kind of altruistic reason. Okay. It's to get revenge for her mother, to get justice for her mother's death. Right. None of her actions are saying that anymore. And I don't know... I'm having a hard time telling what they're trying to do with her. How can you say that when she her. just got into a position to be kind of like... Why is she shitting all over Steve? Because Steve's being an asshole. Like, like, but but like she imagine shits she's all, a Why does she agent? shit all over her dad? Like, I don't understand anything that Angela is doing. Well, like, my only theory is that she's trying somehow to protect her father. Why is she fucking this old guy at the bar? It, none okay, of this that makes does, okay, sense. Okay, sure. Like, you're eventually going to get a layer, or you're going to get to a layer where I'm like, fuck if I know. But I also think that's, 
you know, people react to trauma and damage all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. And she might, maybe, she thinks she's under surveillance. Uh, and, and she's trying to play this game with Price, so she's going after old men to... Uh, she just rejected... I, I, I don't know. I see some sketches of things that might be true, but she's playing this character completely impenetrably. Like, when yeah. Steve was going at her, and she just looks at him with this, like... Like, like she's trying to remember where she put her keys. Like, she mm-hmm. left her keys and, like, okay, where's the last place? And he starts to walk away, and she's like, you're a plumber. Mm-hmm. I mean, in isolation, that makes sense. Because, like, say you're a secret agent, and you're working for the U.S. government to bust up in the Ruskies or whatever you're going to do, or ISIS or whatever. And someone comes up, and your cover is something that's kind of loathsome. And someone comes up in your private life and, like, calls you on it. Mm-hmm. You can't say, well, look, fucker, I'm a patriot, and I'm actually going to bring this whole system down but if you're, you know, maybe you fucking go at him with what you do know just to make yourself feel better. I feel like Angela has been in this position where, you know, her parents... I mean, look at look at all the crazy shit Darlene and, and Elliot does, and we just kind of roll with it. Mm-hmm. But Angela has a weird affect and fucks old dudes. They're like, oh, this is a line... I. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. The things but don't I, it's, seem it's to be weird. tied together to me. Like, I don't know why she's fucking old dudes. I don't know why she's so shitty to everyone in her life now. Hmm. Like you don't have to go and rub your dad's face in this stuff. Just don't talk to him. Like I said, I, if you I, don't want him to be part of this, don't talk to him. Don't go and fuck up his day. Yeah, but I mean, you would, you know, a dad like that might fall, you know, follow you and demand answers or show up in an Then you do it. You don't go and, out of your way to say fuck yeah, you, dad. Like I said, she's throwing like, rocks I, at old Yeller is what she's doing. Yeah, I I absolutely di- just hate this character. I do not like anything about Angela at this point. Huh. I think I think it's actually what they're doing is a poorly written like seduction of power and money here i th- i like well, I, I think, think it's, they're it's trying the to of give... a, it's attempt of a good character to resist all those right it's, I, it's but essentially I think it's poorly the, the written. her actions yeah. are schizophrenic I'm not, i i don't cuz i think what she's doing is kind of interesting and i i don't understand it but it's like a hell of a lot better than fucking Tyrell Wellick or Joanna is it yes is yes it? fuck yes no i i actually disagree with that i dislike angela's so, so role pick, in this so picking up old dudes at bars no nope, that's not is, it is is weird is less explicable than beating up homeless people and at least i understood Tyrell's motivation did you yes Tyrell Wellick was looking for power and money. Okay. That was his motivation. Angela, I don't fucking know anymore. She's trying to take, I mean, come on. She is trying to take down E-Corp. Like, that is explicit. Like, we have figured that out. <laughs> is if she at this point? Is yes, she? Yes. I'm not sure of that. Like I said, I think it's I think it's a poorly written, uh, some, someone trying to cope with this idea of power and money being tempting. Okay. While at the same time, like, you know, wanting to do what they set out to do in the beginning, but not right. sure they can do it anymore. And I just think it's bad. I don't think it's good at all. Okay. Well, I, I disagree, but I think reasonable people can. So, um, sure. what else do we, uh, I don't know. There's a lot more to talk about. She's dating, uh, some dude from who we later find out is from the FBI. Right. Uh, also, this so guy's based on a re, um, his, his, this this Andre character is based on a real life security consultant who is a, a handsome black man himself named Andre. <laughs> oh, and they is did this it? before okay. where they base they they like do little winks towards real life characters that are on the, fr- the the fringe of uh, the story. Um, so yeah, this is kind of a, a wink to uh, a white hat hacker who I, hmm. and I did the okay. research and I wrote it down, but I can't find it in my notes what what he's actually <laughs> known for, but. It's another little uh, little Easter egg for uh, security folks. All right. 
hacker folk. Anything else? You, th- you think Steve's a failure because he's a 60-year-old plumber? Uh, that's the other part of it that's a fuck you, Angela, because I... Well, that's the thing, like, you know, anytime you get into this... What are you like, going to do when your toilet breaks, Angela? You're, you're, what the fuck are you going to do? Well, I mean, it's Shove like... your hands in there? All the problems with these kind of dick measuring contests is like, well, okay, you're measuring length, I'm measuring girth. Who's got the bigger pussy pleaser? I don't know. It's, it's how you use it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I, I just feel like, yeah, it's like, well, you know, does he judge uh, work satisfaction and, and, and money as the end-all be-all? Or is he like, I got a good family and I can sleep at night? And, right. Uh, I Everyone measures success differently. So mm-hmm. it's always amusing when you see characters try to. But it, it does seem like it does wound him. Sure. Yeah. And also, like, what is this fucker doing? Like, if I if, – if so – so if me and my son are having a fight, and I confide in one of my friends, and you know we're having outs, and then he runs in uh-huh. my son later at a bar and just like eviscerates him, I'd be pissed at the dude. Like, yeah. what is this? What is this? Your fucking business? I don't need you to get in, involved in a fight with my child. Right? Like, fuck you, dude. So fuck him. Yeah, fuck no, Steve. fuck him too. He's probably a piece of shit. Mostly fuck Angela, but fuck him too. <laughs> yeah, there's enough fucks for everybody in this episode. Yep. Uh, so Darlene ties up Susan, and they scramble to try to figure out what the hell to do. Uh, Susan's making a racket, so Trenton goes to shut her up, and Susan accidentally bashes her head on the wall, which is the other part of this that I have a problem with. Why do you have a problem with it? I mean, that's... Shit happens, man. Yeah, but I don't... It, it just wasn't convincing. My thing it is, as soon convincing. as Trenton... I knew it was coming because yeah. this person, they made it very clear that she's physically capable. She jogs, right. she swims, yeah. she's physically fit. I don't think mm-hmm. these nerds do. No. And as soon as she let her go, I'm like, oh, she's just going to beat the shit out of you, man. Yeah. She's going to, right. like, you might be a black hat bitch, but she probably knows Aikido or something. Sure. I, I, it, it actually made me laugh out loud when she went to do it and, like, Trenton just kind of pivoted to get out of her way and she mad dog herself into the wall. Uh, right. I mean, that's... But I feel like that's something that, I mean, that happens in, like, fights and Mr. Robot's trying to do this kind of realism thing where you know you're expecting a you're expecting a hollywood right. fight and what's going to happen is when people untrained fighters fight and you know shit shit goes bad yeah it, it was that expectation i had of her being you know physically capable yeah. to some degree versus the computer nerd right it, but it was that expectation that made me not like when she just kind of hmm. I, I don't even know what her plan was was she gonna ram head first into trenton is that think, the idea? <laughs> I think she was like trying to. Yeah, it looked like she was trying to bull rush her, and she just didn't count on her shifting her weight the way it does. And the way they filmed it is very chaotic. So it's like I went and watched it a couple times. I couldn't tell you exactly what happened, whether she tripped in the last minute, but right. she's also like I guess know, that's she's my problem. Been, she's is... been sitting this 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 sit, seated cramped position, which they played up the second time around. She got up, so like it's one of those things where maybe her legs were fucking asleep uh-huh. when she went to, cause she's, I don't, maybe her pacemaker skipped maybe a beat. Maybe her pacemaker skipped a beat. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You're right. I don't. <laughs> I just didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. I, I okay. thought it was an interesting version of what I thought was going to happen. It wasn't a huge problem, but you know, also it was pretty annoying. Why, if I was Trent and I'd be like, why do I get all the bitch work? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are going to sit up here and, des- and and decide what's going to happen and I'm going to go shut this woman up? What the fuck? You go shut her up. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like they sent the smallest person to go shut her up. Although they didn't expect her to 
fucking untire. Yeah, that's the other which thing is the is classic letter, mistake. Like, and I that was another part where I was just rolling my eyes. Like, really, you're gonna untire? Letters shit or pants? I, no I, one there cares. Again, I feel like that's where like Trenton just like all of them are soft in different ways. But I've seen the problem is I've seen this in television yeah, and yeah. movies so many times. Sure. Like it wasn't a surprise at Very all. Very rare. Like like Breaking Bad season one is one of the things where I think they got it. Like that's like for right. a reasonable average intelligent person. Like that's how you would deal with this kind of improvised hostage situation. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, that was great. I. I and that's why I feel like wanna... I and maybe Sam doing all the writing and directing and pulling it all in. He just we're we're seeing the limits of what you can do. But maybe there are some other really amazing scenes. Yeah, in this, this episode. None so. of this stuff really bothered me. I thought it's like okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know this about Trenton's character, but it tracks clean that, and like Mobley says, like you know maybe you shouldn't have ever gotten into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I also think they're all soft in different ways. Like you know, Darlene seems like she's soft. Her soft spot is her brother. Mm-hmm. And like trusting the people that are close to her, Mobley seems like his pizza, par- pizza and paranoia. <laughs> the two P's will get right. you every time. Yeah, uh, and Trenton just like she loves her family too much, and maybe she's got too much respect for her fellow men. Yeah, and women. Yeah, uh, well, she she has the baggage of her family too. You know, it's yes. something she can't just abandon. Right. Um. So who knows? Anyway, we uh, Darlene decides that they can't take her to the hospital until they know that she won't talk. So they set out to own her, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Pwn. While, while can't Angela they didn't say it pwn, <laughs> right? But a poner. While Angela sings, everybody wants to rule the world at the karaoke bar, and they kind of intercut between the two. And I did find that really mesmerizing. I mean that that so, song, her singing, it, it was a good scene. When they started off her, I'm like, oh, you're going to try to homeward bound me? <laughs> right. You are not going to fucking try to homeward bound me. If this is two and a half minutes of Angela singing this, I'm going to be, I, but somehow. For people who don't know, homeward bound is a reference to The Leftovers where Kevin Garvey does this, this same thing. Improbably emo- and like it's 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 devastating. It, like Completely crushing. Yeah. To all of your emotional centers. <laughs> yes. And it, it's like such an, it, 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 I, it, you can't do it. Like it's kind of like how The Leftovers got a little bit of shit for doing the um, Where Is My Mind after right. Mr. Robot did it. So now like I don't know what the Sim Esmail is doing that as a. Reverse homage, since they both kind of highly regard each other's shows. But I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, this is not going to go well. But the way they intercut it with, you know, because Kevin Garvey singing Homer Bound, it was just him in a spotlight for two and a half minutes. Yep. Daring you to rip your eyes away. This, they cut the hacking, and they're increasingly desperate attempts to find any dirt on this woman. Yeah. Who seems like she's the, you know, the virtuous, vicious seemed like it but she wasn't right i mean they found that yahoo account and i I take darlene at her word that she's got some kind of but i also know it wasn't it wasn't relationship sure but it wasn't like that's like you're gonna get slapped on the wrist by the bar it's not like it's gonna ruin your life enough to blackmail you properly probably Mm -hmm. is the way i read it okay but just this you know i i thought that in the context it was pretty pretty um pretty effective and it's got angela singing about making the most of freedom and pleasure in a world where everything's crumbling down mm-hmm. and like you know it suits like the emotional state these people that are reduced to trying to blackmail this woman to try to not have to kill her and make i i, I thought the song choice and angela's effect and the action underneath came together to where it's not as good as the leftovers but yeah 
uh, it didn't shame itself at all. No, no, it was it was a good scene. And, and Portia Doubleday, is yeah. that her name? I thought she was actually kind of, as you said, mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. Something about how she was playing it. And de- I, I did think, it's like, what, were you, what would you think if you're in the audience and you're seeing this girl do this? <laughs> uh-huh. What does Steve think? I is think- Steve still back there drinking a, a Budweiser? Because <laughs> he's know. a plumber. He obviously must drink shit beer, right, I know, I know what one guy, Duck Phillips, is in the audience saying, there's some damage I can, I can get in on. <laughs> Write that in, That's, Doug Phillips. Yes. I forgot about that. Yep. I'm going to offer a drink yeah. and shit on her boss's desk. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, for you don't know, the guy, the old guy that she hits on mm-hmm. is a fairly infamous character on Mad Men. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. And she does that right now. After she sings, she goes and hits on this old guy, invites him to stick around, and I guess he does. I'm going to say he does. I don't know. Answer unclear. I I mean, you do not. This guy is a fairly famous, you know, character actor on television. I mm-hmm. don't think you hire him for thirty seconds of work. So probably not. I'm judging the you know what what's going on based purely. I mean, that's it's meta. That's meta. But like Seppenwall did it, and that's he's he's kind of like who, and it seems like he's almost always right. Mm-hmm. Like if it's an actor of note, it's not just like an extra. Then you're going to see him again, yeah. Because else, why the hell would you pay and 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 bring that guy on? Yeah. So, all right, we go over to Dom, who was talking to this Wall Street guy. By, that by the way, I, I know you had a lot of antipathy about that. One thing I want to say about the scene is: imagine this scene if you actually did connect oh, with Angela, right? Like it would have been amazing. Yeah, and then that's the thing. A lot like, of people are connecting with Angela, which I don't understand. And they were saying this is just an, a brilliant scene, an amazing scene. And I don't totally agree because I don't like. That's Angela. what I'm saying. Like I think that if you did actually connect with her character and was more yeah. plugged in, that this would be just like really phenomenal. Still not For as sure. good as I don't think the leftovers. But what are you going to do? It's the best. It was <laughs> last year's best show on television. Yeah. Uh, so Dom talks to the Wall Street guy that Darlene took the gun from. She's, she has used the micro stamp on the casing to link the, the bullet to his gun, and she wants the name of the person who used it. Mm-hmm. Is he going to give up Darlene? He looks like he's going to give up Darlene. Uh, yeah, he looks like a guy who would just not want to deal. Why would deal. like Because yeah. Darlene was just kind of uh, you know, a hookup for him. Yeah, he Why had would nothing he to go? do with it. Just, right. It, it's an illegal gun. He's probably going to have to pay a fine or something. Sure. But, uh, you know, other than that, he just doesn't want the hassle. Right. Yeah, Dar- Darlene might be in trouble here. Although... Uh, everyone's he, in trouble here. Well, like, everyone is in trouble, right. Uh, does he actually know Darlene's name? I don't know. Her, her real name? Like if she's, uh, you know, Lolita69 or something to him. Right. Or whatever she would be known as. Yeah, she goes by her Tinder name or something. Sure. Although sure. you have to hook Facebook up to that, don't you? Surely not. Don't you? I would think Tinder would never take off if you had to look up your Facebook <laughs> right? account to That's it. what I would think, too. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we... So, we're pretty sure that's the bullet that killed Tyrell, right? It's the bullet it, that shot Tyrell's into dead. Tyrell. You so you think he was shot but not killed? Mr. Robot, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, last week, Mr. Robot said, I shot him, I right? shot him not I killed him. Mm, and I okay. think that's a significant... Oh, you know, omission. Okay. Uh, did did Elliot go with them to the the pound or the vet or wherever wherever they burned no, the hard drives was, in the first he, season? He was uh, uh, either in Tyrell's uh, SUV or maybe already in jail by that time. Right. Okay. 
then they probably didn't burn Tyrell's body in that thing. I, I, I was trying to think if like there's any way they can. I don't think they know Tyrell anything about Tyrell. Yeah, probably. They, they would have okay. if, if they do, and it hasn't come up in all this conversation. Then fuck you, Sam Esmail. Right. I got a preemptive middle finger for you. Okay. Anything else uh, to say about this Wall Street dude? Uh, move on? I don't think so. You talking about Duck? No. No. Oh, oh yeah, the, the the guy with the gun. Sure. No. Yeah. Okay. So Darlene pays a visit to Susan. Oh, one thing I want to mention is because right here is a, a random about an ad drop. You're not watching it live, mm-hmm. right? I noticed that, like, you know, we talked about the fact that um, the numbers are not great. I noticed that there's a sharp decline, at least in our market, of the ads they're showing. Like, they show, they're show they showing, like, local gutter repair dudes. Oh, with, like, plumbers. Not pl- even worse, gutters. They don't, have enough, <laughs> they don't have enough guts to get up there in the shit. They're just, like, <laughs> right. scooping leaves. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's shit on training wheels. Oh, man. Uh, and also... This bizarre commercial from the OKI Institute, which is like this uh, Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana consortium, urging people to carpool. And the example that it uses is some lady went up and was like, hey, Miss So-and-so, do you need to get your medicine? Because I got to go to the supermarket. And I'm like, in what universe would I ever go up to some random old person I live next to and, and offer to pick up their medicine? Like I don't know, like it was just a weird. You not she's like living Little House in the Prairie or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, man. I don't, or if you're a different type of outgoing person than I am. Yeah. But the the commercials were not not a lot of national spots. Hmm. So, um, you know, they've renewed it. I'm not worried about it. It's just like it seems like Mr. Robot really is a lost leader for this show. Yeah, or this network. Yeah. Every show I'm covering now is a lost leader. Is like, it? G- Game of Thrones is not. But yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm doing Halt and Catch Fire, so that's also yeah. What uh, that uh, Game of Thrones is the opposite. It's a yeah. it's a gain loser. Whatever that <laughs> whatever <laughs> that means. Nailed it. Uh, uh, so Darlene goes to the pool room where Susan's sitting. Uh, she tells Susan that she knows about the I guess sexy emails that she's been trading with judge this judge. Yep. Uh, and reveals that she also remembers Susan laughing about E Corp being cleared of any wrongdoing in her dad's case from when she was four years old. Uh, I'm not sure if she actually remembers it or if this is some kind of false memory. I bought it. It's prob- she probably did. Maybe. Uh, so Susan asks what next, and Darlene tases her in the heart. Mm-hmm. Boom. Falls into the pool. Which they did. Oh, they did. Oh. <laughs> You like some fries with this analysis? Uh, they did do a pretty good job at um, foreshadowing that during the Tears for Fears hacking session. There was lots of emails that they showed yeah. from her doctor about. Fa- right, so, so I they, saw those emails. There's no way Darlene didn't see them. And I You're was not wondering, with Darlene, because um, you you watched Homeland, didn't you? No, uh, well, part of it, but not. Okay, I think in season two they hacked mm. the defense, the, the 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 head of the DOD's pacemaker. Okay. And killed him, and I Jesus. guess that's based on like something that like really could happen. And there was like this big famous financial scandal where the black hats found out. And instead of releasing it to the company that it could be exploited, they actually went to their competitor mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, we can get the stock thing where we, you know we can all buy you know essentially pump and dump this stock and then release it, and it's going to destroy the stock and like all this stuff." It's, it was interesting. But wow. I thought that's where they were going. Like, oh, they're going gotcha. to fucking hack her pacemaker. Yeah. Uh, let her go. She's going to walk down the street and just collapse on the street. And, you know, 
Uh, mm-hmm. But no, they didn't. They didn't. They tased no, they just her right tased in, her in the heart. So, like, a lot of people were saying, oh, they're really going off the deep end with this pacemaker stuff. Right. Um, they're like, when you incinerate a body, a pacemaker explodes. I saw that same shit. And there are serial numbers on pacemakers. Yep. And they're going to find it and trace it back to Darlene. No. No, I don't think so. Sorry, this is just here to let us know why Susan Jacob dies when she's taken. I mean, you all can have that opinion. Right. But... It's, I'm not buying it. Yeah. This is here as a storytelling device. Right. To let us as the audience know that tase was fatal. Right. Yeah. And and again, That's all like, it yes, is, it exploded. My it's not going to blow up the fucking facility. I've seen what happens when a <laughs> right. lipo blows up. It's not like grenade level okay mm-hmm. and it, you're already in a steel box that it's like 2000 degrees not like you pulled the battery out of a terminator no <laughs> no i'm uh-uh. gonna level uh-huh. a city block no, it's not anything like that and 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 the thing is is like the other, the other thing you don't know like i feel like just a lot of people don't know about cremation um is that usually the cremator doesn't like get rid of even the large pieces of bone there has to be a pulverizing and then mm, right so like i unless they just like shove the body in there and like peace out which why would they do that they probably stayed around and if there was some they electronic do, yeah. device that had serial numbers that were legible through that and conflagration grab it the, yeah they get they got rid of it right so i mean i will be shocked if that is what ends up busting them me too uh, so we're we're already talking about this. Darlene tells the others that Susan's dead and tries to act like it was self defense. Uh, Mobley doesn't buy it at all. Darlene tells Mobley and Trenton to leave. Oh, you didn't think Mo- you thought you thought Mobley didn't believe her? Yeah, I thought I thought he did. Like he was believe kind her about of, what? What are you talking about? That, that she wasn't didn't mean to kill her. Oh, you you thought he did? Yeah, I thought his I thought his mm. affect was like, oh God, you didn't see. You didn't know that this would be catastrophic or is kind of... I don't think he bought it. Hmm. I mean, I can see why you think that, but I still think that it's more like he was just like, oh, my God, I can't fucking believe this is one more thing. Right. Uh, So Darlene tells them to leave, and her and Cisco will take care of of the body. So you're Mobley, or Mobley, as you like to call him. Yeah, I'm Mobley. And and Darlene and Cisco tell you to fuck off, we'll clean up. Mm -hmm. What's your reaction? My reaction, so I'm operating under the idea that Mobley thinks Darlene meant to kill her. Uh-huh. I might get the fuck out of there and never come back, because I, I might so do exactly trust, what Mobley you, does you, here. you trust these two to clean up? No, but I don't trust them not to kill me either. Ah, uh, oh. Because I think she's uh, just huh. cold-blooded murdered somebody. Huh. Okay. And And I'm also suspicious that they're trying to cover their tracks by killing the others around them. Her, him and Trenton included, but but wouldn't the fact that they're trying to get you out of there kind of assuage that? And, and, and that's the other thing is like you, it's it's funny how the interpretation you've got has completely informed your worldview because I'm right. like to me I'm like you're so sloppy that you just fucked this thick stuff up and now you want me to let you handle this right? Nah, I'm going to stay stick around and wipe wipe fingerprints and 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 do whatever as well. Right. I want to be in on what the hell you guys are doing because I want to make sure this or I get the hell out and go to Belize. I guess that's the other thing you could do. Yeah. Uh I I I really just do like all of the feelings of paranoia coming from Mobley here. I do. Like, I do too. The, because he has good reason. Like a, he's got Dark Army, at FBI and and if you uh-huh. buy your theory Darlene Even and Darlene Cisco, herself sure. and maybe Elliot. Like he doesn't know. He hasn't talked to Elliot. Sure. So uh I really feel his paranoia when they're sitting in the subway and people are walking by. It's like, 
I'm I'm kind of right there with both of them, and I, I think it's it's really effective. Well, and I also think that Darlene, like, because we see her in this moment, and when she finally kills her, and like she takes this like deep shaky breath, and they had this conversation had later, like I didn't know I was capable of that. I thought all that stuff was really really good. Mm-hmm. That felt like very very genuine, and you don't did, see. Yeah. A lot of that outside of like Breaking Bad, where it's usually more black and white. This yeah. is really complex. It's yeah. like I didn't even really understand myself. And they play out these suspicions and paranoias between the group throughout the rest of the episode. I thought it was really that. That's the the, the best part of this episode. Yeah, everything that happens after Madam Executioner dies. Uh, so in this scene, Darlene also sets up uh, an automatic reply on Susan Jacobs' email. Sure, um, an autoresponder. She sets it for 20 days, so they've got a 20-day window here where presumably no one will find her. That's bullshit. Yeah. She's their chief legal counsel. She's not going to go on a three-week vacation and, and Philip Price not like, telling anyone, oh, yeah. the fuck she is. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not. I mean, I, I wonder what the police would do. What because, do you mean? You know, like if you went to the police and like, she's missing. Uh, right. She would never go off on a three vacation. The police, I could see it in a world in which police is like, well, her they did. Says, yeah. But on the other hand, we already know that Philip Price kind of owns NYPD, so I don't, right? I don't know how to calibrate like how effective of a shield is this. I think it's going to yeah. buy him a couple days, not the full three weeks. Probably, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, I actually emailed Susan's eCorp sure. uh, USA dot yeah. address. Uh, I sent. <laughs> I sent the message. Uh, I, I doubt anyone will ever read this. I'm probably talking into the void here. Did you send her a dick pic? No, God I did damn not. it! I keep it, telling you that's not the way <laughs> you introduce it, yourself to people. It was it was, it was the nipple pic. Nipple I, pic. Yeah, just sure. pinch, pinching them. Uh, no, I I said I need another copy of the notes for Monday's meeting because I think it's Friday. I think it's uh, Friday, July fourth okay. because they right. set it for the seventh. Uh, for Monday's meeting, my dog ate my copy. Took him to the pound yesterday, so it won't happen again. Uh, <laughs> And and you get back the the auto response from, sure. from their servers that Darlene typed, which did is you, pretty cool. Did you then email the legal hotline? I did not, no. Because it sends back a, uh, we're currently busy fulfilling all these 5-9 right. requests, and we'll get yeah. back. It's like it's essentially just endless runaround. Sure. Um, by the way, you, you mentioned the dog at the pound. I thought it was kind of a nice touch that the, the pound incinerator guy made mention of them letting all the dogs go, and then they're all back. Right. Like... You know, here again, something you thought was going to free people didn't do shit. Also, maybe a slight nod to leftovers again. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. There was some weird dog shit going on in that too. Yeah, sure, sure. But yeah, it it was nice that they didn't just gloss over that, right? Yeah, and I think it's also nice and thematic. So yeah. Uh, So Mobley and Tritton are talking about what just happened in the subway. Mobley tells and this, her, and this is why I think you're wrong about your interpretation because um, they actually have the conversation where Trenton's like, "It has to be self defense, right?" And Mo- Mobley kind of thinks, and he nods. And I don't know why he would nod yes if he truly thought that Darlene was a killer. Like, why would he? Pan- why would he pander to? I, I think I don't know that he's 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 agreeing with her. I think he's just acknowledging how naive she is. Really, like. Wow. Okay. These are the people I'm dealing with here. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, it's definitely an interpretation. Well, I mean, yeah, I and I can't, I, I can't poke a hole into it because it's just completely the opposite of mine. Right. But right. I see, I see where you're going with it. Okay. Uh, he tells her that they can't stay here, and he boards a train. Uh, they've got this line here where 
he says what we did was colossally fucking stupid. We can't afford not to realize that anymore. This is why I like Mobley. Mobley's uh, a pragmatist. He's a realist. Yeah, it seems like he's kind of changed his mind on this whole thing. I at mean, this point, I don't know if it's from a personal perspective or a yeah. societal perspective, but I, I I admire the intellectual. That that's the thing. Like, when do you give up on an idea, a good idea? Right. Because it's entirely possible that good ideas end disastrously for reasons of execution and not having complete. I I, I tend to respect people that instead of doubling down, like you know Darlene and these people are almost in a, a case of denial. It's like you know what, uh, we need to 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 cut and run on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, sometimes that doesn't go well. You know, the world is complex and full of shades of gray. It's true. I wish we could all just acknowledge that as adults instead of <laughs> getting into endless kindergarten f- food fights about everything. Yeah. Uh, so Cisco wants to leave Susan's body in the pool, but Darlene's worried that their people will come back and find it. Instead, she decides to pack Susan up in a suitcase, take her down to the pound, and incinerate the body. It's the uh, little shades of the Americans. Uh, right? You yeah. know, the, where they broke down that dip, the Swedish diplomat, I think, and shoved mm-hmm. her in a suitcase. Pretty fucking brutal. Um, it is. We don't see it here. See we see it. a bit of the unpacking, but and, and, and no crunching what of Cisco's bones. Cisco's talking no. about is this the point where you're going to start suggesting acid and wood chippers, which yeah, call to mind Breaking Bad and Fargo, uh-huh. both of the kind of its peer, you know, uh, dramatic peers. I thought that was interesting. Lots of callbacks yeah. to other shows in this. Yeah. Uh, so on the way back, Darlene says that she doesn't feel bad about what she did to Susan, but. She actually thought something would stop her from doing it when the time came, mm. uh, but it didn't, which yeah. surprises her. She also paid for Susan's funeral with the bit, her cold storage bitcoins. Yeah. How smart do you think that is? So Using a cryptocurrency that E-Corp developed. But, but when I hear cold storage, I think she printed off... Oh, okay, like a, a locker sort of thing. Yeah, so so like right. you literally like hold you when you refer to bitcoins. So bitcoins are like on the internet, but you can also take like these QR codes and you can pr- literally print them out and like put them in a safety deposit. Now that's both highly secure yeah. and also incredibly dangerous because if that thing burns up, it's like a bearer's bond. If that thing, yeah, now it's a physical thing like if, if a it, dollar if bill it gets that destroyed can get lost or stolen. Or, yeah. And and the thing about the cold storage aspect is, it's once it gets to that paper, it's literally untraceable. Mm-hmm. Like unless they get your fingerprints on the paper or whatnot. And the way she did it, where okay. she looks like she had a picture of that QR, and the guy took a picture of that picture. Like I question how traceable that actually is. Right. So it could, I mean, maybe I don't, because I don't know. Sometimes in, on the show, I'm a little confused of how much they know and like how. I mean, it's they get a lot of stuff right, but they also kind of make mistakes either for, um, you know, the, to make the the, the flow but better. Like we talked about Mobley instead of training Darlene or not, sorry, Darlene Angela to hack, he would probably just write give her a script to run. Uh huh. So, Although somebody somebody tweeted at me, I think, and said. That a script would leave some evidence because the script would be on the thing, whereas if you type in the command itself, it doesn't actually leave. You can wipe evidence. Uh, why you couldn't can, you, you could wipe the command? Why couldn't you wipe the, sh- the, the, sh- the script? Well, a script can't wipe itself, can it? Why wouldn't it be able to? Like, like totally last, delete itself? The last line of it. I, mean, I guess it doesn't have to delete, delete it. itself. I don't know like whether it would get, it, since it's open and in use, it would, I'd, I'd have to, right, have to try that. But I'm sure you can overwrite that, maybe. I don't know. Sure. 
but there, maybe there's some possibility as to why they used it, but still, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I really like this scene, especially when they get to the pound. Like, I, I'm definitely in the moment with them, like, especially with Cisco, where Darlene has kind of just killed this woman. He's like, this and- is some traumatizing <laughs> shit, you know that. That was a great right. line. Like, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. You need to realize how big of a thing this is yeah. for me. And like the fact that they just watched the body burning, I thought that was yeah. kind of like that's why I'm like I don't buy the pacemaker theory because someone that would sit there and watch the body burn, I think is in there for the long haul. I think so. Yeah. Uh and didn't the the guy at the the place there say something about them taking hours? Yeah, or or leaving a mess maybe. Let, let so maybe them, they don't clean. I, I, up. I don't well, know. but I think the or was it the dog? I think that's what he's talking about making okay. a mess. Yeah. Um, I do yeah. love his his delivery of the line when he looks at the suitcase, like, "What the fuck is in there?" Right. <laughs> like, right. Perfect delivery by that mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. But I, but like, I, I'm not just talking about Cisco, you know, burning this body with her, but like trying to decide what to do here, also about the body in the pool. Sure. Like this is. This is an oh shit kind of moment yeah. in your plan. Something you totally didn't expect, and maybe Darlene didn't did or didn't expect right. it to happen or want it to happen. Right? Cisco certainly didn't, and and he's got the Dark Army to worry about. Right? Like the FBI, maybe they know him, maybe not. Dark Army definitely knows about him. Just broke yeah. a needle off in his fucking finger, which you know he's got the bandage on this, so they 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 haven't forgotten that. I uh, I find it hard to fault the guy. For trying to come up with a third path at the end. Sure. Like, I get it, sure. Darlene, you got to do what you got to do once you find out about it, but uh-huh. it doesn't seem like a crazy reaction to have. Uh, so we go over to Mobley, who has paid a pizza guy to check out his apartment before going inside. The guy says it's all clear, gives him the big thumbs up, head on in. Trenton suggests to her family that they move, but her dad says it's impossible. She hears something outside and goes to look and see a car, sees a car driving away. And Mobley gets home and starts packing when the FBI knocks on his door. Yeah. Oh, um, shit. That, this was very tense. It was. Because uh, we still weren't sure. Like, are they actually investigating? Sure. Like, yeah. how closely are they we, we're, surveilling we're, these people? The show asks you to, to join them in their paranoia. And it, right. it, for me, it worked. Yeah. And I, I, the, the music was effective, building up tension and just, you know, like, just how stressful. Like, you you know, you don't, when when... I'm extrapolating because I've never been wanted for a major crime. But I imagine, like, you know, it's kind of like if you watch a scary movie. All the houses your sound makes, everything that goes bumping mm-hmm. at night. Did you never notice on an average night suddenly you're paying attention to it? And I imagine if you're wanted for something like this, it's even a, a, a worse sense of, like, oh, shit, what was that? Right. Has that car always been there? Is that a normal amount of black fans parked on my street? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that an is that an acceptable number of black black vans? Flower flower delivery trucks. What is the acceptable number in your I, mind? I think zero. Z- okay, good. One maybe. If there's two identical black SUVs in your street, something's going down. I'm not sure if it's drugs. <laughs> not sure if it's CIA. I'm not sure if it's mm-hmm. FBI. But if if there's any heat on you, get the fuck out. <laughs> right. Get the fuck. Pull a Matthew McConaughey and True Detective, and just just wind your way through the projects until you're free. Uh, question for you. So we we know Mobley gets picked up. Do you think Trenton's actually under surveillance at this point, or is she just buying into the paranoia of Mobley? I think she's under super surveillance, and she's Muslim. 
Oh God! <laughs> yeah, she does have some things working against her. Like I, As I'm, I'm saying, I, like I don't want to say anything bad. Whatever about trouble it, but, like, Darlene's in, she's in double right. trouble. Um, no, I, I don't know. I don't know because, I, yeah, I, I just don't know how on to F society they are. I because don't the only think... reason they're on the Mobley is because of fucking poster, right? Which is why he eventually says, because he hears everything they got against him and realizes that they don't got shit. All they have is this flyer and a MySpace page from 2003. Right. I'm DJ Mobley. I was booked for this party. What do right. you want? You know? Yeah. Or I'm a big fan. I Yeah, I, there's just scant evidence. And even the FBI says, like, look, you're, this, is a, this is a Hail Mary, and it got intercepted, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I think Trenton loose. actually isn't under surveillance yet. Okay. I don't think there's any reason for them to be looking at her yet. Well... So FBI surveillance or dark army surveillance? Because FBI did, didn't she go with Darlene to one of the meetings with the? Mm, I I can't remember. I I, I thought with I saw like... some people asserting the fact that she somehow was with Darlene when she made. And plus, you know, Cisco knows about her, so sure, like she's yeah. definitely. I mean, the dark army is the 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 main main threat for her. Yeah, definitely definitely could be there. Uh, but yeah, the FBI I don't think is on her yet. Okay, but how would they be on the Romero? I mean, that's the thing is, like, if, you mm, know... His weed operation. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I, we, yeah, I'm not sure. Obviously, the FBI knows a lot more about this shit than we do. I mean, they put sure. they put this Andre guy on Darlene. On like, Angela? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I don't know why I get those confused. Um, but, yeah, they put the FBI guy on Angela a long time ago in the yeah, first episode. But I feel like that was part of the Allsafe investigation, right? Like, this happened at Allsafe. Angela conspicuously left uh, Allsafe, sure. like, okay. a couple of weeks before this. But what I'm saying is, like, who knows what they had on Romero or Mo- I don't think that right. the fact that she, all she- – but if she had something more, you'd think in this instance she would use it. Mm-hmm. Because Mobley saw through this and was like, nah, fuck it, I want my lawyer – so I don't know. Maybe they don't actually have. Well, they have to have something on Romero. Well, I mean, he he was killed. That's what they have I, on him, right? But and why do his, they connect he, him to to Mobley? Because his well, I don't know. They connect. Hmm. They do in this episode. She mentions your friend died. Yeah. How is that? Just how do they know the that if they're? Mm, because yeah. that's what I when when Mobley was just stone facing her, but he let his eyes fall when she says, "You do know your friend." I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit. Maybe you shouldn't have given her that." Right. Um. But I don't know. Well, like, we're probably missing Romero, something. Romero's got a weed operation. Thing. He got shot, and his his mm-hmm. computers are rigged to explode when you plug him. I mean, I guess that's kind of it's suspicious, but it doesn't connect him directly to also, F society. I feel or like Mobley. a drug dealer would a smart drug dealer would do that. Sure. Like that doesn't yeah. necessarily imply black hat hacker. No, of course okay. not. So, yeah, there's probably something in season one that we're just not remembering or beginning of season two. Possibly. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Don't tell me. Fucking obviously. She go- of course. She goes to visit his mom. She talks to his mom, and she finds that code. Okay. But that doesn't pin her to Mobley. Doesn't she find the the flyer in his box as well? Yeah, but that's still that's that ties Romero. It doesn't say anything about Mobley, right? I'm I'm trying to figure out how they tied oh, oh, Romero sure. to Mobley. Okay, well, how they tied the five nine thing to <laughs> right. to Romero? Yeah. Okay. Oh man, that ties oh we're it. butchering this whole yeah, fucking thing. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Fix it in editing. <laughs> no, not gonna happen. <laughs> oh, not even to protect their reputation. No, definitely what, not. What we, reputation? Well, we have the reputation we have, and it's one for. <laughs> 
you know, a little seat of the pants here. All right. At the Bald Move headquarters. Uh, so Dom interrogates Mobley, and she goes on and on about his friend Romero, DJ Mobley, Tyrell Wellick. Uh, he executes proper bald move policy, uh, police protocols here yep. by saying just one word, lawyer. lawyer. And, and he also, also drank a full it, twelve pack of diet coke. I was well. He was there all night. <laughs> he what was are you supposed to yeah. do. What are you supposed to do? He had he had he had, he had just he had two eaten. full pizzas. No, he didn't. He didn't get those pizzas, man. How do you know? The guy says, "Look, there's someone else's deliveries. I got to." But then take they them. cut. It. I feel like Mobley just just like lowers <laughs> he his grabbed voice them and, and, and says, oh, "I need oh. those pizzas." Whoa. He got at least one pizza, so he muscled down at least one large pizza, <laughs> maybe two. That leaves a man with some thirst. You're you're right. You got to wash that shit down. You're right. That delivery didn't have like a two liter of no a diet coke or no, anything. No, no, no. He it probably had it in pizza. his fridge. He probably had some code red in his fridge. Yeah, I bet he got the cinnamon sticks too. Mm. I bet he got the 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 dippers. He got the stuffed crust that had the the cheese cinnamon dippers right, right into it, right built into it. Uh, yeah. So so good on him. I I was thoroughly impressed with his technique. Yes. In this scene. Yep. Maybe show a little less emotion when we're talking about Romero. Don't it's give tough, him anything. Though. But yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll cut him some you're, slack. You're there. You're a human being, and and also. Uh, the fact that he's doing this in the face of FBI investigators, like that's 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 pretty impressive. Yeah, like I imagine that's your your your, your little Mobley heart's beating 165 beats a minute, mm-hmm. which it probably hasn't done since like gym class in seventh grade. <laughs> so that's the yeah, the fact that he held it together at all is pretty impressive. Yeah. So Dom's boss is worried about how it's going to look that they're holding Mobley for so long uh, after the the leak of the Operation Berenstain. Mm-hmm. So he tells her to release him. We said that the assistant director of the FBI, the head of cybersecurity, and one other everybody. position is getting fired. Like, everybody except for the actual director, because, of course... Which, we know that's not true. That shit doesn't happen. The leaks come out, nobody gets fired, nothing changes. No, I feel like, yeah, down people always get... It's always, you know, there's someone to, the, the, to fall on the sword. There's three people here. But where does this fit in with her boss being dirty? Because we know oh, that... He's always been trying to throw her off the investigation. We know that mm-hmm. he was conspicuously absent during the attack. Happened to be up in his room. Right. Now he's shutting this down. Although there's also good reasons for all this. I, I buy like, his everything he here. says has like a okay that makes sense kind of reason. Right. Let's just say it's yet another piece of evidence on yes. on the scales here. Okay. Because at some point. There, it's all smoke, no fire, but the quantity of smoke implies the fire. Right. So, like, at some point, this guy's being a bit obtuse. I don't know if we've we've hit there yet. And, again, the fact that he wasn't in the ballroom during the assassination attempt yeah. is a bit suspect. I don't know that I'm prepared to say he's dirty yet. I'm not either. But it's, it's but getting there. He's looking dingier. Yeah, I've got my eye on him. Uh, so once he, he's released, Mobley texts Trenton to tell her that they're burnt. And they need to meet at the place where they first met, which is Ron's Coffee. Mm-hmm. And then ditches his phone. Trenton gets a text and leaves her house. They're using some kind of temporary uh, burn after reading messenger S- service Snapchat, here. Snapchat, essentially. Yeah. It, essentially, Snapchat for text, I guess. I imagine. I hope it's like higher tech than that, but sure. Yeah. Snapchat's the worst. Uh, it's. I hope it's end to end encryption. I hope yeah. it's uh, <laughs> just. Pretty cool idea. He send, sends the you know the burn after reading message and wipes his phone, leaves it with the courier, and mm-hmm. fucks off. Yeah, right. That's the other thing he does. He he just resets his phone uh, yeah. completely. Wipes that everything. That seems all from pretty it. smart. Yeah. Uh, so 
the guy that was dating Angela turns out to be working with Dom. Uh, he thinks he's losing Angela and doesn't want to continue dating her because, you know, he doesn't really like her and he's been put up to kind of got it. hurt. He got, yeah, he got he too did deep get hurt. in the game, got burnt. Uh, also, he's got nothing on her. And he's just, she's just an old dude. <laughs> yeah, just, I think she's just an old dude. That was a great line. <laughs> Plus, I just love this. Like He's like, you, yeah, you guys look like fools. This shit's worse than Snowden. Then Snowden uh-huh. comes in and they, they steal a quote from an interview and make it seem like it's about Mr. Robot. Pretty right. cool. Pretty and cool. They, and they straight up do some some voiceover work as Obama in this episode. I thought that they just stitched that together. Like, they've done that so before. You can, well, you can see that he's clearly saying ISIS when he says F Society. What oh, I mean is, like, oh. the audio there is clearly... It's got to be someone doing yes, an Obama Yes, you're right, because Obama's never said F Society in his life. Right, right. So... They they did some really clever editing here, right. and and maybe some voiceover work, but I thought it was really good. Um, Darlene wakes up in Cisco's bed. He's taking a shower. His oh, wait, wait, wait. So Dom in this scene is also kind of unpacking this this video file uh-huh. of of the F Society um, leak. The leak, yeah. Do you think there's anything there? Like she's got a lot of commands up there. I think she's searching for metadata mm. on on the file to see yeah. if she can trace it back to anything, Smart, a location, sure. a camera, whatever. Sure. Uh, but it's not there. So I, I think that's what's going on here. She's at least, they're at least that smart. Yeah. Uh, Darlene wakes up in Cisco's bed. He's taking a shower. His computer's open and she hacks it. Or does she know his password? I think she just guesses his password. Guesses? Although, just well, flat out guesses his password? She also, there was a plot point last season that she jacked his irc account to direct to communicate to the dark army right. so like yeah. i feel like he's i don't he know about his own is I, I feel like he's just a bit the, the the dumbest person in both of these circles the dark army and oh F-Society. i agree yeah and but yet he also has these crazy connections to the dark army which doesn't make mm-hmm. sense like you wouldn't think that they would traffic in fools well he maybe he's just a pawn yeah, maybe they need a patsy. Maybe, maybe they need that guy. I don't know. It just seems like that's pretty, you know, pretty pretty dangerous. But uh, yeah, she finds a, a picture of her sleeping, which is kind of creepy, and a message exchange in Chinese that says basically she's under his control. Yeah, like he's got things handled. And people question whether she knows Chinese. We do know that she yeah. knows Chinese because we saw her talking to the Dark Army last year. So when she, I don't know how she reads Cisco's account. Right? I don't know how she reads and speaks uh, Chinese, but she does. So because people like, well, just because we saw the subtitles, but if she couldn't read them, we wouldn't get them subtitled, right? I mean, that's kind of like language of cinema, but mm-hmm. we also know from previous experience she can. So yeah, everybody calm down about that. And then stage tra- two backdoors in play. The femtocell's got a backdoor, right? And stage two is about to begin. What the fuck? Stage I thought stage two, two began shit. a long time ago. I did too. But, but I know. mean, I, I do, it does track because it seems like every time the White Rose or Zhang talks to somebody, they're like in a debate about when it should begin. And I guess it did begin with the femtocell, um, with that whatever stuff. they so, did to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it has already begun, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I'm interested to see what their plan is. Here. Uh, Trenton texts Mobley because he's two hours late for the meeting. The door to the coffee shop opens, but we don't see who it is. Any ideas? It's Tony Soprano. <laughs> right. Wearing a members only jacket. Uh huh. <laughs> I know. Do you think, is Mobley dead? Or is Mobley picked up by the. He could be dead. He's not picked up by the FBI. 
But, you know, one thing, the first thing I thought is when they, like, the FBI released them in less than 12 hours, that must look incredibly bad. Oh, yeah, to the Dark Army, who's already suspicious. and Yeah. And and we've, you know, been told time and time again, yeah. if the Dark Army even thinks that the FBI right. is on to you, they're going to kill you. Right. They pick you up, and they hold you for 12 hours, and they, they street you immediately. That's yeah. going to look like you sang. This is, this is you some Breaking Bad shit, right? Yeah, like, no, sure, seriously. That's been, like, I've... You know, after all the years of watching all this true crime shit, I just know that uh, that's not that's not a good look. No, it's not. It's not a good look. And the cops, sometimes they use that to their advantage. But in this case, I think it's just going to be... I, I don't think... I think Mobley's either dead or being mm-hmm. tortured by the Dark Army at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and then Cisco gets out of the shower and finds his computer smashed on the ground. And Darlene bashes him in the head with a bat. Yeah. Is Cisco dead? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> So is, it seems is, like television is Elliot dead. We didn't see television. Him this television and movies drastically uh, underplay how just traumatic having a baseball bat taken to your head is. Like uh-huh. that's 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 a lethal attack, and it's a lot of times like a stunt that it's portrayed as a stunt attack. I mean, unless you think that she choked up on it, or I I know I, I I feel like anytime I see a guy take a bat to the head, that's probably especially since if he's not the fucking Rock, mm-hmm. and this isn't like the Expendables or fucking Fast and Furious, I think you're probably dead. Yeah, or will die without medical treatment. Sure. Oh, sure, definitely. I think I agree with you. I think Cisco might be dead because she's just come off the back of murdering someone else. And where else is the, like, she, I mean, that was like her, like, I didn't know I was capable of this. Now I do. You fucked me. You were, I mean, what do you think is going to happen to me with the dark army? You know, like, I, I yeah, I, I do. And plus, I, Cisco's a fool. He's kind of sure. ran, like, what, what, what good is he at this point? Yeah. I, I don't know how this plays out. If she kills Cisco. The Dark Army's definitely coming after her, right? Well, but the Dark Army's already coming after her. I mean, that was the whole subtext about her pick. I mean, he's essentially proving to them that she's in his custody. Right. Like, I'm thinking if I was Darlene, I'd think the Dark Army would be heading over there pretty quick. Oh, you think so? Okay. I mean, I think the Dark Army's the type that would roll up and kill them both. Yeah, could be. So... I I thought he was more trying to... Just let them know that she's not a problem and that they're still cool on this end. But I don't know if they need Darlene anymore. I don't know, like, for stage two. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't think the Dark Army needs a damn thing. I think they, whatever yeah. they needed, the the ended when they got the back door put in that femto cell. Right. So, I, I don't know. Um, har- it's ambiguous enough that... That you know, obviously, it's kind of a bit of a cliffhanger, so we'll have to see. But my, I think she, she's dead. He's dead, and that she's going to be on the lamb. Man, can you imagine when it's her and Trenton, Thelma and Louise, Elliot's going to come back, and he's going to say, "What, what happened to F Society while I was sure. gone?" It's like that time in the community when Donald Glover went to get pizza, and he came back, and his apartment was on fire. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Everybody, if you haven't seen Community, you've at least seen the gif of Donald Glover walking in and his apartment's on fire. I think and, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's going to be Elliot when mm-hmm. uh, when he gets back. Yeah. we got Darlene's got a lot of explaining well, to do. But that's the thing. Like, it's interesting. If you buy the theory that, that Mr. Robot killed Tyrell, mm-hmm. then there's a lot of really interesting similarities between Darlene and him. And, sure. And him, brother and sister, and they've both done this thing. And, like, you know, Mr. Robot... 
or Elliot did it under auspices of his Mr. Robot construct, but still, that's pretty interesting. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, sure, but ultimately, I, I like this episode with a couple of glaring exceptions. All right. I don't think there's as glaring for me as you, but uh, right. I feel you. Hey, I think we've been remiss in not mentioning this on the Mr. Robot podcast, a two-bit encryption podcast. Sorry. Gotta yeah. Ma- Got to maintain branding. Uh, but we're going to be making an appearance at the Rocket City NerdCon. You can find that information about that at rocketcitynerdcon.com. Uh, it's August 22nd and the 23rd. You can get uh, tickets for the whole weekend for 25 bucks or per day at $15. We'll be hosting multiple panels, and uh, one on uh, podcasting, one on the, the various uh, meta effects of uh, adapting comic books and novels into television shows and movies. Uh, and also uh, a little fun thing where uh, we're going to dress up and invite people on stage to pretend to be Freys and Starks and try to kill each other mm-hmm. uh, with with fabulous right. games and prizes. We'll also be running a booth the whole weekend uh, where you can come and get some merch and, and uh, I don't know, high-five us. Sure. Invent elaborate handshakes and fist bumps and whatnot. Uh, just touch as, touch us as much as possible oh, because, God. you know... Cons and touching and, yeah. and disease, that's that's all all one big stew we're going for. Uh, but go to RocketCityNerdCon.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Twitter uh, and the website itself to, to register for the events and hope to see you down in uh, Huntsville this October. Hey, I'm here to tell you how to support Bald Move. And that's important. Stop, stop. No, don't fast forward yet. I have something to say. How many people do you personally know Three. that watch Mr. Robot? Oh, one. The correct answer is it doesn't matter because you know Jim and I, we watch Mr. Robot. We're here to talk to you about it every week. We're your, your best for your, your cool friends that, that uh, aren't down with Mr. Robot in your home life and in your work life and in your play life. We can, you're, you're always there for you. You can depend on us. Uh, if, if, if you get that kind of enjoyment, if you get that kind of virtual water cooler from us, um, maybe, maybe think about enabling us by going to club.baldmove.com. Uh, because the reality is uh, we probably wouldn't be doing a Mr. Robot podcast were we not able to do this on a full-time basis. And for just as little as a buck a month, you can sign up, help support us, uh, get a whole bunch of fantastic bonus features, including ad-free feeds and VIP forums and exclusive bonus club member-only content. Uh, and again, it's easy. Go to club.baldmove.com. Or if you don't want to do that, uh, there's a, a, a bit, Bitcoin cold storage, or or like we like to call it Amazon. Amazon.baldmove.com. Uh, it's free money. It's like you know, it, it, it's literally like murdering a lawyer and taking her bitcoins. You use Amazon.baldmove.com. That money it comes from nowhere. It's just you shop and you, you pay the exact same price to get all the same shit. But somehow money comes into our hands. It's it's very sketchy and weird. Is this one of those like Mr. Robotty, but it works. So such a good deal you can't afford not to do it sort of thing yeah you would be a fool if you're shipping hmm. if, if you're buying on amazon and you're not using amazon.baldmove.com because then you just you just hate bald move and if you hate bald move right. why are you listening to us you hate right. do people hate hate listen to a podcast i mean i guess so for you people uh you know fuck off everybody <laughs> else amazon.baldmove.com okay that's it do we have some feedback oh do we do we ever? Robbie says, Joanne, by the way, robot at baldmove.com if you want to get in on this party, or you can go discuss episode by episode with your fellow fans at uh, uh, forums.baldmove.com. Robbie says, this this was the, the, the jaw-dropping theory of the week. I got this by about 12 people sent in. It was uh, a buzz on Reddit. 
Uh, we've wondered what is Joanna doing with her boy toy. Uh, Robbie's theory, uh, Joanna is framing her new boyfriend for the murder of Sharon Knowles. In episode one, or season one, episode seven, we see her encouraging Tyrell before she goes to meet Sharon and ultimately kills her. Um, and, and that's true. Like, it's ambiguous, but Joanna puts her hand on his face and says steady before he goes off to kill her. I've always debated about whether she agreed or, you know, whatever with that approach. But if you, if you, if you buy that scene by that interpretation, then she's kind of with him on, on killing it. Either way, um, we now see in season two how specific she is about having a new boyfriend choke her. In season two, episode seven, we see her violently choke, which leads to bruising on her neck. The killing of Sharon Knowles seems to be her plan or a plan she's encouraging Tyrell to carry out. Could Tyrell be missing until Joanna has enough evidence to frame Derek, her new boyfriend? The other piece of evidence that we are given is in season two, episode seven, Derek and Joanna talk about their first meeting being at an e-court party, which implies that Derek uh, could have had access to Sharon since he, you know, is somehow connected to Mm e-corp. Joanna could have photographic proof that he choked her. I think the only piece missing is how she could frame a motive for Derek to kill Shannon. Uh, he wants to know right. what our ideas are um, about the well, – what do we think about this theory? So so just to break it down because this is kind of convoluted, Joanna is having this guy choke her so that she can later claim that this guy is choking women connected to E-Corp and it's got his kind of like his motive and she can frame him for the murder of Sharon, which mm-hmm. would exonerate Tyrell and then eventually he could come back, I guess. Another interpretation because I saw some people take this theory and say – wouldn't it be cool if she doesn't really give a shit about Tyrell? This is just all about getting her money back. Mm-hmm. You know, like if she if if she can prove that someone else killed her, then she can get Tyrell's death benefits. You know, no problem. What do you think? How does this strike you? I mean, there's like he mentions. There's the obvious problem of motive. This bartender has no reason to kill Sharon Knowles. Uh, yeah, but could you invent one? I. I but he was jealous of these because I, I don't know I, I need to know his poor, I need to know his position at E Corp. Someone suggested well, I, he's not he's a bartender yeah. he's not at E Corp. He I think he was bartending at that party. Well, a lot of people thought, and actually some people thought that there was actually a, a picture of him in the background. No one can find evidence that he was at that party because if he was at that right. party, then you could just have some kind of crazy serial it's killer. That still he's, circumstantial, but it's not that there is no motive, right? I mean, I don't know how you manufacture a motive because it's not like this was a jealous lover situation. It's and he killed Tyrell. It's like, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, this is I don't know. I mean, I I'd like have a it. hard time buying it on a jury given sure, what we but know we still right have four now. Episodes of her yeah. to do weird shit, right? Um, and we're only getting half the, that. I, could be where it's going though, because else you know, I she clear and and also. I don't know. Because the other thing is, like, why would she marry this dude if she's going to frame him for murder? Right. But um, but I, I do like the fact, because it does make sense, a little bit of sense of what she's trying to do with this guy. This His ineffectual choking and why she's fascinated with him at all. Uh-huh. I, I, I like the basics of the theory. I think there's some definite bones that maybe some meat can be hung on for too long. So thanks, Rob. And like I said, I had about a dozen can I, people can submit I just variations that of that. She, she was also into the rough, kinky bedtime stuff before that so it could just be that that's what she's into that's true (laughs) there's nothing 
nothing going on about framing. That is also that is also plausible. Uh, Liz G says your commentator from Iceland reminded me of an article I read earlier this season. Esmail had heard the overheard the actress who played Joanna and Tyrell speaking to one another in Danish and Swedish and wrote it into the show. Ah. So we had a theory about like maybe he rolled in all this weird covert hostility brotherhood into it. This is from a Vulture article. Apparently, no. This was just a happy. I mean, the fact that that enriched the story. This is what we always said about Gilligan, right? Like, right. yeah, he's a genius, but not on the level that we were treating him at the like. Like we were it's giving not him a mastermind for kind of genius. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's more like. Well, I, I won't even deny him that, but like. He meant 75% of it. 25% was just Reddit going fucking crazy. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, you saw the famous picture of, like, them at Gardetto's. Or, uh-huh. at, and Gardenios. Yeah. Gardenios, where, like, they... So, someone had, like, scribbled all over the seed and, like... Circled everything yeah, with like, arrows like, and, and text. And showing and... Waltz, like, Waltz, look, the, the yellow or the blue napkin represents meth and the yellowed mustard bottle represents his family. Notice that his eyes are focused on the meth. Like, right. it's... It was a parody of yeah. what we had become on the Breaking Bad subreddit. And they're doing that here with pacemakers and, and they all did it with True Detective. So, we do it with the leftovers. It's part of the fun. You know, man. you have to be wrong sometimes. Yes, you have to dig deep enough to find the truth that is in fact hidden, and that's going to mean that you're wrong occasionally because because you know he does he he doesn't intend everything that's on the right. screen. Yeah. Like that's I, I I feel like I finally realized that with Breaking Bad and True Detective that mm-hmm. some things are just accidents. Um, happy accidents, but nevertheless. Nick from Pasadena. On the last, last episode, you spent some time talking about what exactly the Dark Army had done to the Femto cell that they had provided the FBI hack plan. I suspect mm-hmm. the Femto cell contains a bomb. In keeping with their a deadly... Literal f- bomb a literal bomb? Like- a literal bomb. Not a logic bomb. Not okay. a zip bomb. Uh, I suspect that Femto cell contains a bomb. In keeping with their deadly force against the FBI in China to disrupt the investigation and cover their tracks, the Dark Army is ready to blow up the entire FBI team investigating them to sow chaos and ensure they don't get caught. They didn't do it. Well, but Phase 2 is about to go into effect. Yeah, but the FBI... Have vacated they the, that have floor. They, have they, they were only going to be there for another day. Yeah, and they weren't there. there and to... they weren't. They were in a different office this time. Yeah, they're gone. They're long gone. There's no bomb. Sorry. Okay. Sorry Nick. to shit on your email, but it's too late for the bomb theory. <laughs> okay, Nick. Uh, I I thought it was interesting, but and I'll, to be <laughs> fair to Nick, he sent that before the episode aired. Right. So. Right. Uh, anyway, Mitchin, can we definitively say that everything in this episode actually happened? No, Elliot means this is all real, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like we've been waiting for this type of grounding episode, especially after Full House vis- Vision, which I loved. Yes, I 100%. think. 100%. If, if later I find out that Darlene's also disassociating and her oh, and God. Angela are the same person, then I that might be And no Mobley's done so much acid during his EM, ES, EDM shows that he can't even Mobley and Trenton are the same anymore. person. Right. different f- figments of their <laughs> imagination. No, 100% real. Everything we've never seen Mobley with a family. Maybe Trenton's a real person, and Mobley is her Mr. Robot. Pizza Hut is his family. The, the Pizza Hut employees. <laughs> the delivery guy. Yep. Uh, I may be alone on this, Mitch continues, but I'd really love to see more of Dom and her investigating. This would really be great universe for a Monster of the Week-style show where Dom cracks down on cyber attacks. I'm assuming the other hackers and groups are taking advantage of the unrest caused by the Dark Army slash F Society. So that would be kind of cool... If I mean that's almost like the wire where we see both sides of it and the missteps and mistakes and the paranoia and how it fuels both sides. We're not really getting that with Dom. 
but hardly any shows yeah. cut you know really pull that off successfully. Yeah. They yeah, essentially play seemed... both sides of the cards up on the table and like you know you got this omniscient view and Right, I like that. I like it too, but I think the season would be twice as long and Yeah. Doubly as dense. I, I think you'd have some unrest in the the fan ranks if you tried to go like monster of the week sort of thing. Well, in but this show because it, that's definitely not what the show is. Yeah, uh, but I, I think monster week is kind of like you think that maybe she they, they they shoot it in such a way that like you think that she's hot on the heels of, um, you know the the F Society, but right. then when she actually makes the bust, you see that it's instead of Mobley it's actually a mole Trent, man just some, who's yeah, eating yeah, livers. Right, it's a leech living in the sewers. Right, <laughs> uh, that'd be cool, but I, I, I don't see how they f- pull it off in the rubrics of this show. And yeah. the show's mature enough that I don't think it's in its envelope. It's mm-hmm. in its capabilities. Uh, and he also says, I don't know if this has been discussed on the cast or not, but Grace Gummer is Meryl Streep's daughter. I threw that in there because it's been seven episodes. I cottoned onto it right away because she was an actress in uh, the the previous season of American Horror Story, the freak show season. Right. And I'm, I I found that discovery too. But it is – it's one of those things where, like, your mind's blown, but then is it really? Because some, when someone says she's Meryl Streep's daughter, like, in my mind, it's like, well, of course she is. Oh, my God, Meryl Streep had a daughter. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, no. No. No, like, she's got the look and, you know, the fact that she's an actor. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about her constantly chewing on uh It's suckers? kind of annoying affectation. I don't, I don't like it. Like, she's going to have meth mouth if she keeps that up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her teeth are going to rot out of her head. Uh, Tom G. from Volkswagen says, I uh, appreciate you including the ratings discussion as part of your coverage. It's a foundational part of the big picture that I rarely choose to look up on my own. Regarding this particular show, I have an idea to help the ratings, and I wonder what you think. Oh, boy. Hear me out. We all know that the road to rating success has paid the zombies. I think USA should fill the Mr. <laughs> Robot advertising with clips of emotionless Angela with voiceovers and or text that talk about the living dead. <laughs> New viewers will flock to the show and they will never know the difference. And as a bonus, yep. Yep. I think she kind of looks a bit like the I zombie girl. Okay, sure. She got that uh-huh. like platinum blonde hair and like the really pale skin. Now, you know, the I zombie girl's always got a wry look on her face whereas Angela has no look that's discernible right period right it's like i like it's, this it's pass angela of off tapioca as a zombie yeah sure i think it would work there's got to be some clips of her just like like getting out of a chair just like oh yeah sure she's like 27 i don't think you start doing that till you're in your mid-30s Th- 31 that's when it starts <laughs> uh you know the other thing that's popular and that boosts ratings is nudity they could just go all out nudity game of thrones has done it what do you, so there was a little meta discussion on the forums this week about how there are there was another show on another network I can't remember what it was maybe it was Stars um, but they actually had an unbleeped f word on a ten o'clock show. Okay, Stars is like a premium cable. I don't know, but but what do you think of the fact that we went from Breaking Bad and Mad Men being allowed one stealth F-bomb a season, mm-hmm. essentially, or at least that's what they thought their standards and practice would let them get away with, to Mr. Robot having more stealth F-bombs than both of those shows had in their entire run, Right. to maybe it's pre- it's not it's not premium. I don't know where you put basic. What's the gap between basic and premium? Like those shows that are like, they're n- no one's, you know, they're not... You mean USA as a network? Well, USA is not a... Pr- 
they're not basic, but they're not like premium. Like they're not Showtime, HBO. Right. No one's paying twelve bucks a month for them, but you might have to yeah. buy the TV lovers package. Sure, like Sundance and Second IFC. Second tier, and... the B tier, the the yeah, the I don't know what you call that. It's not ESPN, but it's not HBO. What do you call that? It's the in between. Yeah, but I I I don't know, man. I think it's cool. I'm fine with it. I have yeah. obviously have no problem with cursing, and right. I think in and a I know... lot of cases it adds to. Both comedy and drama and yeah. the intensity of things, I I can see where like parents would get up in arms. Well, about here's it, the but... thing: like I know that part of it is part of it is uh, they don't want to uh, turn off advertisers. I think part of it is because they have a gentleman's agreement with the FCC that we'll regulate ourselves, and you don't have to regulate right. us. Yeah, but. And, and I also know that swearing does and nudity and v- extreme violence does not equal quality. Sure. But it does allow you to tell a little bit more of a realistic, um, grounded, gritty adult story, I think. Right. So it's like it's not a guarantee of quality, but it, it, it opens up to the ways that you can tell stories. And that's why it's like I don't think the golden te- age of television is going anywhere, man. I think it's just mm-hmm. going to explode. I mean, there might be a glut and fall off, but it's not. I, I think we're here to stay. By yeah. we, I mean the, as tel- long as I mean, the FCC doesn't shut us down. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so Caleb Jones sent an email. You've been complaining that you don't understand this fem- femtocell hack. And he sent me some background information, a whole bunch of links that I couldn't possibly do justice to. But did you know what a femtocell actually is? Uh, what, like what the word means yes no so i think we've been thinking that it's some kind of specialized wi-fi device it's Uh actually like a miniature cell phone tower okay how is that not a specialized wi-fi device well because (laughs) i mean you know phones have a cell phone has to connect to a cell phone tower right it doesn't that's why i'm saying like why would the fbi set their agents phones to connect to any Wi-Fi that's open. Well, Femtocell right. is this like like a, a good use for it is like you've got a building that has internet connection but has really shitty cell phone reception. Mm-hmm. So you hook it up and it actually pass it, it actually the phones see it as a cell phone tower and then right. it actually routes the signals through the internet to the cell phone company. And and the consequences of this is this was actually based on a real hack that was shown off in one of the hacker conventions last year where they got this Femtocell they put in a backdoor as one of the Verizon brand things, and they were able to read people's voicemails and text messages in real time. Yeah, that is, I think, the, the fact that we're that 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 the hack is along those lines. Right. I, you, I think you stated the most important difference, which is the auto connect feature, because right. like phones are they set, have to connect to a cell. They're phone set network. to connect to towers wherever you go. Right. Uh, you're not always going to be in range of the same tower. Right. You don't want to punch in a password to connect to a tower. So. Right. Uh, yeah, that that's a very good distinction to make, uh, but ultimately it's the same effect. You know, yeah. you don't have to know that watching the show, right? Um, so yeah, they're like you know that's one of the things like the Stingray system the FBI has used, where it's essentially right. a fake cell phone tower that they put out so they can listen to drug dealers and terrorists. And yeah. turns out, surprise, surprise, that like local municipal police departments are just using that for fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, no, we'll only use this in the direst emergencies. And then suddenly it's persecuting some dude that's overpaid or un- behind on parking tickets. Well, it's also this broadband solution to what I think should be a narrow band problem. Like, well, we didn't talk about the philosophy of F society where they're saying, like, essentially they're a terrorist organization that this technology is caught. But their mm-hmm. argument to the people is, but at what cost? They're violating the rights of three million 
citizens to catch us. Right. What, you know, is that justice? Are we comfortable with that? Well, that's what I mean. Like, if you set up one of these things to catch the traffic of drug dealers and whatnot, well, guess what? Tom down the street from drug dealer X is also going to be connected to this thing, and you're Mm -hmm. getting all of his texts. And you're not reading it now, but what if you want to? What if he decides to run for a politician in the future, and it turns out this data is still around? Like, that's the whole problem with private. And that's like the quote that Snowden gave in this episode, I thought, was like, you know, it's like no one says... Well, why do we need free speech? Because I'm not going to say anything that people want to shut down. Like, that's ludicrous on the face of it. Yeah. But, like, police today, FBI agents today will say, well, what, if you got nothing to hide, then why? Well, fuck you. It's my privacy. Right. You know? I, I, ah, I don't get it. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, So let's, uh, so thanks for that, Caleb. Hopefully Mm -hmm. that, that, that shed some light on it. I should have just looked up Femtocell because I thought it was just like a name brand of something, but it's actually. There's like the size of the cell fake cell phone to like Pico cell is another one. Right. It's like how big of a fake cell phone tower it is. Yeah, I guess I thought I understood it, but it yeah, it, it makes a lot more sense when right. you realize it's, it's not a like cell a name tower. brand of something. It's yeah. not a Wi Fi access point. Yeah. Uh, Doug L., uh, our lawyer friend with some musical analysis, this week featured an interesting musical cue. When Darlene is filming the F Society broadcast, a piece called The Dance Macabre begins to play in the background. This classical piece was composed by Camille Saint-Saëns, probably butchered that French name, in 1874, and there are several tidbits about it that give some clues about the dark place the show's going. Uh, First, generically, a dance macabre is an artistic genre that embraces the universality of death regardless of a person's station of life. Valor Morgulis. It seems to have been response to the overwhelming devastation wrought in the Black Plague. Hmm. Are you familiar with this artistic term? And not the term, but I understand the concept. Because sure. I've, you, you've seen, like, this used to be a, a category of work. Like, um, anytime, if you've seen, like, a medieval painting of, like, a, a bunch of skeletons dancing, mm-hmm. that's a dance macabre. Or, like, a skeleton with a flute or beckoning people into the grave, that's a dance macabre. Gotcha. Um, this particular piece of music called Dance Macabre. Immediately recall, I said, I just saying, I can't stop saying dance macabre. Immediately recalls that idea and certainly tracks with F Society's goals to bring down the great and powerful. However, the classical piece also has an accompanying story. Every Halloween night, death appears and calls forth the dead from their graves to dance while he plays his fiddle. They then return to their graves when the rooster crows. Uh, very, that seems so, sounds right. very night on Bald Mountain, honestly. I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. Like dead, just dancing around and then going back to the graves yeah. the next day. Why yeah. not? Why one night? Well, you can't give them one night a year, <laughs> right? The hell, they're dead. Three hundred sixty-four days a year. Uh, so as such, the music not only implicates the presence of death, but also having the past being dredged up. This is most uh. notably reflected in the confrontation between Darlene and Susan Jacobs. Sure. Not only is Darlene killer, but she first monologues about how Jacobs' past sins are now being visited upon her. In addition, the piece originally had lyrics, but they were ultimately scrapped and replaced with a violin piece. The lyrics tell the story of a death summoning skeletons, but focusing on two in particular who are a lustful couple. The lady mm. skeleton is part of the nobility, and a man, uh, and the man is a poor cartwright, but she gives herself to him as if he was a baron. The lyrics go on to describe the king dancing among the peasants, yet again this reinforces the death as the great equalizer motif. 
Finally, and on a totally unrelated note, when Mobley exits his interview with the FBI, a Cisco truck is conspicuously behind him. Right. It turns light. It, it turns right and heads away from the camera. It's a great bit of foreshadowing at the end of the episode when it turns out Cisco's indeed burned F society and was likely planning a hasty retreat. Mm. A couple other because I Cecily actually spotted that in real time. She's like, "Oh, look, a Cisco truck." It made an illegal turn. Uh, it, it, it ran through a red light. Oh my! And it's God. also a meat truck. Uh-huh. Which is, if you want to, you know, it's it's a it's a truck full of dead meat that's going past a red light. Like, that kind of tells me Cisco's dead, if that was indeed intended imagery. Right. I don't know. I guess we'll see. The fact it's running red lights, I, I imagine that's a closed set. And if there's a Cisco truck there, Sam L- Esmail wanted it there. But then again, that's the slippery Bravo Vin slope that you can fall yeah, down. Yeah, maybe it's a closed set. Maybe it's not. Maybe they just did some street. Do you think you can just do filming shooting. in a city with uh, with people? I mean, they, all they were filming was one dude walking down a subway tunnel, yeah, right? Like that's true. And New Yorkers, they're gonna be like, yeah, what? If, it's a fucking camera. As long as it's not in my way while I'm walking right. to the, the hot dog stand, right? Then I don't I'm walking shit. here. You're trying to film. I'm walking. I'm eating my hot dog. Yeah. So, but but yeah, it, it was rather conspicuous. Okay. I, I just didn't make the connection somehow to Cisco. Uh, when are we gonna get the thong song? Hopefully never. <laughs> Hopefully that song just is dead, is gone. It doesn't exist in this universe. Erase from history. It's one of the odd things. <laughs> like uh, they do have the the gentle massacre of the bourgeoisie, but they don't have Cisco's thong song. Well, too much Cisco. Uh, Liz G says you probably get this question several times, but how long did it take you to notice that you had not seen Elliot in this episode? Like 20 minutes. The whole episode for me. The whole episode. At the end, I got him like, wow, that was a pretty good episode. And Ceci said, you do realize that, that Elliot wasn't in it at all. And I'm like, oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And also, it felt like a shorter episode. Like, I felt like this episode flew by. It really did, yeah. Um, I don't think it was a ton shorter. I want to say it was like 46 minutes long mm. like of actual runtime. Right. Because it was only like an hour and a half total. Which is, or I'm sorry, hour five total. Oh, okay. Which is pretty short by Mr. Robot season two standards. Yeah. Uh, she continues, my first reaction to Darlene killing Madam Executioner is that now I'm watching a different show than the one I signed up for, and it will take mm. me a little time to decide if that's a good thing or bad thing for me. Darlene intentionally killed the woman to keep her quiet for revenge and for some other reason I haven't thought of yet. And was that a death blow? She swung right before the screen jumped to the credits of Cisco. I think yes. I don't know that i agree that it's a different show like this is a show that climax with elliot probably shooting maybe killing tyrell and now it's towards the twilight of this season we're seeing darlene go down the same path for brother i think it feels like all of a piece and i i think if you are a hacker prepare to take down the entire economic order of the world you have to be prepared for some people to die i think if you go into that thinking I'm just going to do this one thing and everyone will be happy. Like a, the the Walter White, I'm going to make a clean, safe, predictable product that performs exactly. Right. And, you know, none, none, of this rough, none of this rough stuff type deal. That's so naive yes. as to be ridiculous. And I can't think that any of them thought that, except with maybe the exception of Mobley. Question. Hmm. Who killed Romero? That's a real good question. Possibilities. Could, could be Elliot. Could be Elliot slash Mr. Robot. I'm leaning towards Dark Army. Could be Dark, very possible Dark Army. Could Tyrell? be Darlene. No, if she's wiping here's out. Here's the thing. 
I mean, if Darlene is... gave this fucking speech about I wasn't sure I was capable of this and this was not the first person she right, killed, then right. fuck you, Sam Esmail. So that's fair. <laughs> I, I think that, that I'm going to lean on this being a real genuine experience that he captured on film. Okay. Uh, a fake genuine acting experience. Uh, what about Tyro? I suppose. Tyrell's the guy doing all the wet works. Maybe. I, I don't know how much they're playing with the timeline and how much I'm supposed to understand all of this in sequence. Could it be the government-issued face man, Joanna's goon? I, I don't know why she would do that. I don't know how Tyrell, because I don't think yeah, he's I don't think Tyrell seen knows any Romero. of that society. No. Yeah. Okay. He just knows Elliot. So it's, it's those three. It's mm-hmm. Elliot, Dark Army, or Tyrell. Well, but in Tyrell, we're not even... Yeah, I don't. I don't think Tyrell, but maybe Darlene. Why would the Dark Army? It seems like Romero is almost jumping. Or, the gun or, or a bit. not Darlene, maybe uh, Cisco, but he's Dark Army. Yeah. So why, why kill Cis- Why kill Romero at the point that they did? If it's the Dark Army, it seems like they jumped the gun a bit. Yeah, I I do feel like they tried to lampshade it with Cisco saying, "Look, if they even think that the FBI is on to you." But that's what's involved the FBI. Like that was, and I think killing Romero right. was a mistake. Yeah. It's what brought the heat and kind of started making them make connections. But if their goal is to bring down F Society, like if the Dark Army wants to bring down F Society, true, that's true, not a bad true. move, I guess. But it also could be Elliot if he secretly wants to be caught. Subconsciously wants I, to be caught. I suppose so, yeah. Subconsciously wants to draw him. I don't know either. Or if he is trying to cover his tracks, like... Yeah, there was a things, theory but... about maybe that Elliot killed him and that's why he was in jail, but that, you're going to be no. fucking in jail for a long time if you killed a dude. Right, Especially if you confessed. Uh huh. Uh, okay, let's move on. Gabriel D. The song Angela Sings a Karaoke, Everyone Wants to Rule the World, has some hacking pop culture significance. Did you know about this? No. All right, I'm going to drop some because I did. All right. Uh, in the movie Real Genius, which is a great geek hacker movie from the 80s, a group of hackers and college students led by teenage Val Kilmer hacks a government website satellite to fill a house with popcorn. That's literally true. Sounds amazing. I that, haven't that, seen real. Oh, you haven't? Oh, well, it's fucking cool. Like, the climax of the movie is essentially they build an enormous Jiffy Pop in this rich dude's mans- mansion. Like, Wait, wait, wait. Is this the one where, like, all of the, the horrible dudes come in and raid a party that... No, that's... that's uh... No, nothing like... This is a comedy. This is an 80... 80- no, this, this is like... was a comedy. The one oh, I'm really? Of. I've... Yeah, like they ride motorcycles into this guy's living room. It's is that weird science? Maybe, or is it re- one of the Revenge of the Nerds? I don't. Man, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I saw those when I was very young. The other thing is, I haven't seen this like in a long time because, yeah. like, I know Revenge of the Nerds has some horrifying social commentary mm-hmm. that no one like. Like, I've read descriptions of like, oh shit, people just like get flat out raped and stuff in this movie, and it's like played for laughs. Yeah. So I don't know. Before you go off and uh, before you go off and watch Real Genius, remember it's a thing of its time, and uh, I'm not endorsing everything that happens in it. But yeah, they they rig up a, a space like a Star Wars based space laser to shoot through this guy's window from space, hit this tinfoil packet of, and and literally fill his mansion with popcorn. It's pretty nice. funny. Uh, and then, I, I will endorse Val Kilmer's rockin' eighties hair though. Yes, and I he plays he, he plays they played the Tears for Fears. Uh, this everybody wants to rule the world during that scene. This this just got commissioned. Actually, we're going to be doing a podcast in like six months time for real genius. For yeah. Re- oh yeah, nice. So nice. That's why I I recognize Val Kilmer's hair. Uh, so Gabriel D says maybe just a fun reference, but with the significance of popcorn. 
in this show mm-hmm. do you think it's more? What do you think, Jim? Like, you know, popcorn with the gun and killing people versus popcorn space laser. You're not getting any popcorn of Popcorn space laser. Does he, does he kill people? Does he murder people with popcorn in that movie? You know, you shoot a space-based laser onto some target in California. <laughs> you got to think there will be casualties. There might be some casualties. Like, you played Command & Conquer... <laughs> Right? <laughs> if if you don't see it coming, shame on you. Anytime you hear robotic voice in tone orbital strike, it's it's not it's not gonna be good. Usually not gunning for your popcorn though. Yeah, I mean it's like a Superman's heat. I, heat. I'm I'm at a loss here. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, I thought it was it was an interesting connection to the movie Real Genius, which was one of the proto Is that song in movies. The, yeah. Okay. It plays over the popcorn scene. I think that's the piece of information I was missing here. Okay. Uh to connect the two. Okay, maybe. Uh Cherie from the UK wants to explain Angela to you. Oh please. Please uh, explain Angela. Like you guys, I found Angela hard to decipher the season, but I feel a consistent theme is her desire to be recognized. Angela constantly feels dismissed and treated as a dumb blonde. By All Safe and Terry Colby at the sure. start of season one, by E Court managers who just assumed she slept her way through a job, by Elliot when he butted in speaking for her at Terry Colby's meeting, by Darlene who felt excluded from uh who she felt excluded her from F Society. By her father who's been nothing but nice to her the entire fucking time and now she's berating. By her father who laughed when she said the E Corp respects her last episode, and by her Whoa! lawyer who refused to hire her when she quit All Safe. Okay. We were a little past the point of no return. When her father said E-Corp doesn't respect her. Okay. Okay. She was there to rub this shit in his face from the get-go. All right. That, that's one interpretation. I'll continue with Cherie's others. <laughs> okay. Uh, although she, he is her ultimate enemy, Price is the one person who's made her feel valued based on her competence and potential. I feel her recent frost demeanors her trying to shed her old undervalued self and feeding this new version would garner more respect. But it's clumsily done because it's not who she really is. The self-affirmations is her desperate attempt to drive out her fear and self-doubt. In a way, she, like Elliot, have two contrasting visions of themselves. I think she does ultimately want to take Price down, but she definitely is planning to extract revenge by herself with no help to prove to everyone her capability. I broadly agree, and I think that all these things, her sleeping with old dudes, her her playing with Price, uh, her... unconscionable treatment of her father that these are going to track by the time we get to the end of this season or perhaps the series because surely to God, you're not going to write this arguably second most important character. You're not going to write it this, this weird and not have any idea where you're going with it. Okay. Now I don't know if it'll satisfy the I, likes of you. Who've, I don't think you, so. I mean, set, I'm already set her soured face on it. hard against her. I, I'm already sour. You're like on the it. Pharaoh I, of old. You're going to let your firstborn die. Rather than recognize the greatness yeah. that is Angela. Yeah. Why not? What would the equivalent, I, I, of, what would the equivalent of your firstborn be? Uh, your Pika, your, your, your Raspberry Pi arcade box? No. <laughs> no, I don't really have any firstborns. Your place to, yeah, like any, like... All of my shit's expendable. Okay. My, myself, me. Your, your, your frozen pierogies. I'll never let they, those go. I was going to say, they I'll have to have some go. kind of emotional significance to you by now. You've had them in your freezer so long. Uh, here's the here's the problem. Okay. So, yeah, maybe they're going somewhere with Angela. Maybe they're going to get there. And I, I largely agree with your analysis of the character they're trying to write here. I just think it's been really poorly done. I think she's swinging wildly between 
hell-bent on taking down E-Corp, and mad power drunk. Okay, but here's a question. Do you think Sam Esmail's not getting what he needs from the actress? Or do you think that he is deliberately Maybe. writing and directing? Because uh, I've come to the conclusion that he must want this to happen. This isn't one or two scenes that are blown. Like, this is... Right, right. Like, this is someone who's taken this person and said, pull back, keep pulling back, give me less, give me less. Okay, let your eyes water here in this particular line of the song. But I, I, it's got to be a deliberate thing that he's sculpting. And does he... I mean, I don't know, because it could be that he's got, you know, a piece of lotto disease, and he just thinks too highly of himself after the first season, and now... <laughs> You know, he's going to do it all and get all the credit and all, you know, he's a he's a mini like maybe this is a Mary Sue for him. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that just yet. I do believe he knows what he's doing and he's got some talent and he's he's oh, taking I, us I, down the garden path somewhere. I believe all that. But even geniuses, even people who have extreme talent can make mistakes. What was uh, Villigan's mistake? Oh, I already know. Never mind. Well, yeah. withdrawn. <laughs> Should are, never ask a question you don't know the answer. There's at to. least one big one that you yeah sure you pointed out. Sure, uh, sure. But I I think that Angela has been a mistake from the start. I think she's just been poorly written. Hmm. Okay. I, I don't think I don't think she's had this like slow descent into the the temptation hmm. that I think she should have. I think what's happening here is. They're trying to do that, but they're really just oscillating between these two extremes, mm. and it's not working for me at all. Yeah, I hope she hasn't gone too far for you that, like, if they do pull it back, that you just because I know that. Ha- I mean, yeah. I, I, and the thing is, it's it like, does happen, and and that's happened with me. And like, uh, the worst part is that it's it's a bias, right? So you you can be on guard against it, but you're not going to prevent it. So right, but you know, I think you're representative of the viewing audience. So if it does seem like that's, but a I'm not very complaint. representative, does it? Are people complaining about this? Because a lot of people I see are just like, oh, it's brilliant with Angela. Well, I love what they're the, doing. The, the, I think that when I go into the Mr. Robot Reddit, uh, it seems like anything that says anything but this is the this is a brilliant show that's so 64-dimensional depth that get, it is pretty much quickly downloaded. Right. I think Angela is two-bit. Okay. She's two-bit. <laughs> well, she fits right in this podcast. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I... I, I definitely feel what you're saying, but I guess I'm I'm leaning on Esmail having a plan. And yeah. I think that while I don't understand what she's doing, what she is doing is kind of fascinating. Like, I like watching her do what she's doing. There's some kind of, like, ethereal quality hmm. to her. And the fact that she's got this angelic name, I think that there this is a... This is a, 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 a temptation of the soul kind of moment that I get... I get emotionally and thematically, even if I'm not getting it like factually and intellectually. Right. So if they bring that around to where I see what she's doing and it's awesome, then I think it's going to be very easy for me to like accept it. Whereas I don't think it's connecting with you on the other level. And not as much, I guess. So if they ever do bring yeah. your head into it, it's going to be like, oh, fuck it. This wasn't worth it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all the feedback we got for this week. Okay. Robot at baldmove.com if you'd like to send us more. And again, forums.baldmove.com uh, if you want to want to get into some discussion with your fellow fans. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be back next week. We will. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you then. <laughs>